0: Big guess. The big picture. Afternoons with Rob Brinkinridge. Weekdays 1230 to 3. 770 CHQR. Well, good afternoon, friends. Welcome aboard. Afternoons on 770 CHQR. Rob Breckenridge with you uh, on this Monday afternoon. A lot to get to today. We will hear from Dr. Dina Hinshaw coming up at 3.30. We've got a uh, federal fiscal update happening this afternoon. Plenty of other issues to get to. Of course, our number here, 403-974-8255. That's the number to call or to text. So I, I do want to start off by saying, now as you may know, I was uh, off last week, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Uh, I was on the air Monday, Tuesday, and so I, I left things a little kind of up in the air, sort of cryptic, because I, I signed off on Tuesday. Uh, I, I do want to say a, a very sincere thank you to those who, who texted and, and emailed or reached out through Twitter, and, um, you know, certainly that was very much appreciated, uh, you know, the kind words and the um, and, and that general sentiment. So, yeah, as I said, it, w- it was a little bit cryptic uh, as I signed off the air on, on Tuesday, and I've been dealing with this situation, and it certainly was at the time dealing with this situation, um, that was causing a lot of angst, a lot of stress, a lot of concern. And it was kind of an ongoing situation. It's been an ongoing situation pretty much for the entire month of November. And I've been debating whether or how to talk about it, because, partly because it's an ongoing situation. I think if you're going to sit down and tell a story about something, you know, you, even even a personal story, you'd rather be at the end of it so you can say this is what happened. Uh, and, and I suppose technically I'm, I'm still not at the end of this story, uh, but, but I do feel I should talk about it. And, and certainly it's not just my own experience, uh, but I, I think it's an experience that a lot of people are going through right now. And there shouldn't be any stigma around it or, or talking about it. And I think in, in dealing with all of this, maybe there's some some valuable lessons, perhaps, or, or just some advice, or or just something maybe maybe people can relate to. Uh, so here's the, the heart of it is that uh, last week I tested positive for COVID-19. Uh, ironically, that was uh, Tuesday morning I got the results, although it did not come as a, a surprise. And as it turned out, probably Monday, Tuesday were the days where I was on the air and probably felt felt the worst. Fortunately, um, uh, things didn't take a, a turn for the worse. I, I didn't experience uh, the worst of what this this disease can offer. Uh, and I guess part of it is you don't know. You don't know what you're going to go through. And, and even though I guess I'm still at this point, probably, you know, more or less past the, the point of, of any serious concern, I guess I'm a couple of days away from technically being considered recovered. You just, you don't know. And it's, it's an odd disease, it, it, the way it manifests itself. It, it can be so different. Uh, for me, it started with a, a sore throat. And there was just kind of a general sense of fatigue, not feeling well. And I did lose my sense of smell at one point, which is a, a, an odd sensation. And it's weird because you don't, you don't feel it when it happens, But when it does, you can sense it. And I almost noticed right away, something's off, something's not right. And you find things to try to smell, things that would normally have an odor that don't. So now it's not just that you're dealing with a um, a respiratory illness. Now you're experiencing neurological symptoms, which is a little more unnerving. And you hear the stories about people lose their sense of smell or taste and it's, it's gone for a prolonged period of time or when it comes back, it comes back in a weird way or things don't smell or taste the way they once did. That's the thing with this disease. You just, you don't know. So I was fortunate. Uh, I, I wasn't knocked off my feet by this disease, I suppose, relatively mild symptoms. But like I say, this has been an ongoing situation. So it, it, it was almost in a way not as much about me. It's everything else we've been dealing with. I was the third person out of four in this household uh, to come down with COVID. So as I say, we're not quite at the end of this story. We're not quite at the finish line here. And it's been a very slow drip. And I think that's what's been especially challenging about this whole situation is is how long this this all stretches out and what it's like to to live in a household where you're apart from everybody else you can't be with your loved ones and you don't know what each day is going to bring it's it's really it's been really really difficult unfortunately um as i say i had relatively mild symptoms and the same is true for my son and daughter uh who are. Uh, 14 and 17, respectively. It began earlier this month. I suppose technically it begins in late October when my son was exposed. Uh, he ended up testing positive. And it speaks to that, that daily frustration and, and worry that you have in not knowing what you're dealing with, not knowing what the next day is going to bring. It was 10 days it was the day before my son was officially considered recovered that my daughter started with symptoms. That's how long it took before case number two arose in our household. And then for my wife and I, that reset the 14-day isolation clock. And then about a week later, I came down with symptoms. And it's, it's weird in that sense. It's weird because when my son tested positive, I felt that I was probably the most likely to get it maybe my wife and as it turned out it was our daughter which seemed really strange when she tested positive again it was my wife thinking that she was probably most likely to have been exposed and i was the one who got it so it's it's weird how on the one hand how easy it is to get it and then strangely in some circumstances how not easy it is it, it's a real mystery Now, a couple of the points about all of this and and what it's been like dealing with the stress and the isolation and the worry and and also dealing with the system. So, as I say, my son was exposed. He's 14. He's at school. He plays hockey. He's got his cohorts. And, you know, you got to let kids do these activities. And we still don't actually know where he got it. And, and this is the weird part of the story. And it sort of speaks, I, I think, at one level, too, to the importance of, of testing and tracing. So here's what we know for sure. There was a situation where he was exposed at school, and there was a situation where he was exposed outside of school. Now, fortunately, would it applied to the outside of school situation? We got a heads up four days after the fact, that there was a potential exposure. So, no symptoms at this point. The circumstances of of that situation, it it seemed unlikely, but it was uh, serious enough that he would have had to isolate anyway, and we got him tested. So that was on a Wednesday. So once we got that phone call, let the hockey team know it wasn't going to be a practice, didn't go to school the next day, didn't go to practice the next day, So then Friday morning, we found out that he had tested positive. And uh, there was that mad scramble then. We've got a whole bunch of people to notify. And he still hadn't started with symptoms yet. Now, as it turns out, 10 days after the fact, we got a notification from the school that there had been an exposure there. And the one other friend of his who also tested positive got that same letter. So maybe my son gave his friend the virus maybe they both caught it from this exposure at school we don't know and probably never will know but it's such a crucial difference to get a four days heads up versus a 10 days heads up because had we not got that phone call my son would have gone to hockey practice that night would have gone to school the next day would have gone to hockey practice again the following night might have even gone to school the next morning it wasn't until later on the friday that he finally did start to experience some symptoms So the the earlier you can intervene, the earlier you can let people know that they've possibly been exposed, obviously the better off everybody else is going to be. So other than the one friend, nobody else in the hockey team, none of his other friends, nobody else in his classroom got it. So it felt as though we had kind of contained it. And as I say, Number of days went on, we started to feel like we were getting closer to the finish line until case number two arose in our house. So that's the challenge with this thing. It, it is weird. Uh, but like I say, the, the sooner you can let people know, the sooner you can get people tested and isolated, uh, the more easily you're going to be able to contain this. Because this could have been a lot of potential exposures, and fortunately it wasn't. Now here's the thing. So eventually the school was able to notify us about the exposure. We didn't actually get a call from Alberta Health Services until the day my son was considered recovered, day 10, after he had started symptoms. God I never got a call from AHS. I've never received a call from AHS. So the system is, is clearly overwhelmed at the moment. It's relatively easy to go in and, and get a test. And they're pretty good right now at turning around test results. I think they are prioritizing situations where people are close contacts. So the ability to go in and get a test, get results in a timely fashion, that part still seems to be functioning. But the follow-up and the contact tracing is, is virtually non-existent right now. People that are able to do it on their own, that is the contact tracing to realize, okay, here's a positive case. Who needs to know about it? If people are being diligent... That can make a difference, but it's, it's certainly completely collapsed on the AHS side. And I will say about testing, too, because I know people raise a lot of questions and, and doubt about PCR testing, and this is just our experience. So when we were notified that, that our son had potentially been exposed and we got him tested, we were able to get him in really quickly. And when it came back positive, we almost didn't, didn't believe it. Well, how can that be? Right? I mean, he was the only person in that situation that, that tested positive. He's not showing any symptoms until he did. Uh, the rest of us, we got tested later on. Those all came back negative. When my daughter started with symptoms, the three of us went and got tested. My wife and I came back negative. She tested positive. When I came down with symptoms, I tested positive. Um, so certainly there doesn't seem to be any kind of issue with weird or wonky test results. At least that was our experience. And the other side of it too, as I say, what, what caused the most stress for us is the isolation and the not knowing how things are going to go. It's really difficult, especially too, if you've got kids. And, and for families who have dealt with this with younger children, I, I just can't imagine how difficult it is. Like I say, our son's 14. There's a relative amount of independence that comes with that age. And as it turns out, he had already he'd been pressuring us months ago to let him sort of take over the basement. There's a bedroom down there. It's where he has his PlayStation and where his, his buddies hang out. So he wanted to just kind of have his room down there and be down there. And then we finally caved and said, okay, sure. So he was already down there. He had a space In terms of isolating him after this, we didn't have to worry about that. He's got the basement. But when you're dealing with a sick child, even a 14-year-old, that's still your child. And as parents, we, we all know what it's like to look after a sick child or to care for a sick child. And the teenagers who, when they're healthy, you know, sort of cocky and independent and, you know, sort of roll their eyes at mom and dad, when they're sick... It, it's, a, it's a different situation. So my son's 14. He's young. He's healthy. He's athletic. And we weren't overly worried about this, but it, it did hit him pretty hard in the first couple of days that he had spotty aches, chills, just really felt crappy. And he was kind of scared, right? This is brand new. You don't know what this is going to be like. And so that hit home. That was hard that my sick child is is alone in the basement and not knowing what what the night has in store. We can't go down and be with them. You can't go and lie there with your son. It's tough. It's hard as a parent. You know, you can put on the N95 mask and go down and see how he's doing, bring him a snack. But you can't be there. You can't be there with your child. And it's hard on them, and it's, it's hard on you as a parent. Because that, that's what you're supposed to do. So that, that was really hard. That was really difficult. And it really took a toll. Now, fortunately, he got better pretty quickly, as it turns out. And just, just dealing with that, that isolation, right? Not being able to go out, not being able to, to get outside even. It was time. And for my daughter as well, having to sit down with her and say, look, your son or your brother has tested positive. We got a lockdown for two weeks, so she went through that as well. On top of that, getting sick after the fact, uh, and that was stressful for her. She also lost her sense of smell, which, again, you know, it's 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 a weird sensation, and it's it's unsettling. So yes, there, there's been a lot of stress in this household, and a lot of stress on me, and, and worrying about my kids, worrying about my wife, even worrying about myself to some degree and just being cut off right as as everyone's now in a position i think where we're staying home more you want to lean on on your family you want to lean on your household you know those are your rocks those are your people so to be in a situation where for weeks on end you're all kind of living apart living alone it's 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 a challenge it's difficult and like i say it's been stressful so uh, I do want to say um, uh, a special thanks because uh, we've got some great people in our lives uh, who we've leaned on a lot this month in terms of you know dropping off groceries, dropping off care packages. It's been incredibly helpful, and uh, just am immensely appreciative. To, to those people who have, have stepped up and reached out and just, you know, what can we do to help out? It's been incredible and, and heartwarming. Uh, so I do want to say that. So that's kind of the long version of uh, what we've been dealing with uh, for the last few weeks. And, and I know it's the reality for a lot of families right across uh, Alberta. Um, so I'm not trying to suggest I'm unique in, in any sense. It's, it's kind of the reality of the moment. Uh, but there's a, a firsthand account of what it's like to deal with this, not just in terms of to deal with this this virus and this illness, uh, but dealing with a situation where, um, you know, it's multiple people in a household. And just the challenges of trying to contain this, the tra- challenges of trying to navigate all of this, it's been a long haul. So there's the uh, longer explanation for uh, what i'd alluded to last week and i was on for a few days so fortunately uh feeling better but um yeah it's it's been quite a month all right uh i gotta take a break here our number 403 974 8255 talk we are back with more right after this afternoons with rob Breckenridge, starting at twelve thirty on news talk 770 calgary